No, but what shall I say? Say hello, we're... Hello, we're friends in real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're at Luke's house. Hello, is that, is that recording? It's recording, yeah. This. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another podcast episode. This time, we're together in real life. We do actually know each other. We live reasonably close to each other, but... I don't know. Lockdown's been weird, and then we got used to just using Zoom, didn't we? Mm. And uh, we're here with Thrasher. Thrasher's playing with Luke's kids. Well, not right now, but in general. Um, anyway, yeah, thanks for checking out another podcast episode. This week, we are talking to Christopher Sturm. It was an absolute pleasure and honour to speak to him. If you don't know him already, there will be a link down below to his website, his Patreon, um, which we talk a little bit more about in the actual episode, and his Instagram account, and also the Spooky Park podcast yeah spooky Sp- park bench <laughs> the, sp- the spooky park bench podcast there'll be a link down below um it's probably the second best podcast of all time apart from ours now i'm joking it's really really <laughs> good you should check it out um, what's his youtube uh the photo department the photo department yeah where he talks a lot about his incredible photography and a lot about coffee which we do talk about in this episode as well mm. yeah there's some good hot chocolate chat <laughs> yeah. uh, just generally talking about what drinks we like yeah. we do veer away from photography for a while but yeah that's all right but yeah thank you for checking out another episode if you don't know already you can t- you can tell them about front mm. front so if you for some reason are watching this and you don't know who we are or what we're doing um we're building a website at the moment called front uh, we've been building it for like a year and we keep saying it's coming soon and it is coming soon but it's a website where you can sell your prints basically, but instead of you having to print them and ship them out yourself, like you would do if you use something like Etsy, you just upload your photos to front, you have a profile, you can sell stuff from there. As soon as an order comes through, we print it and we ship it out. I think that's it in a in a nutshell. There's loads of other features and things that you can do and lots more to it, but that's essentially what it is, right? Yeah, we already have phase two and phase three plans, but we just want to get the initial launch out there first. But Yeah, we're building it, but, you know, we both work and it's finding time where we can do, you know, spend decent amounts of time to actually get it done. So it's uh, it's just taking a while, but, you know, we're glad that people are kind of All good coming things on. come to those who wait. Yeah, yeah, them. it's nice that people are into it and, like, joining us on this joining us on this journey mm-hmm. um, but yeah thank you so much for the continued support thank you for everyone who already does follow us um, and sends us message uh, sends us messages and if you haven't already please register to the mailing list it will simply allow you to be one of the first people on front literally one of the first people on front when we do launch um in the kind of beta stage is that fair to say yeah yeah or well, certainly for the soft launch anyway yeah. but we'll be we're net you know we've we've talked about how we're going to price front it's free to use but there's a paid version as well we're never going to discount it because it's um it is very fairly reasonably priced so there's no real reason to ever do a discount apart from when we launch first week it's going to be like half price or something like that. something like that so, yeah. yeah yeah to those people who are registered but there's already been hundreds and hundreds of you that have already done so thank you for your patience thank you for your continued support yeah please register to the mailing list if you haven't already and you'll simply be notified we don't send out emails every week i think in the last 12 months we've sent out two emails um but yes yeah, follow us on instagram if you don't already you probably watching this podcast because you follow us on Instagram. Um, Yeah, stay tuned. Enjoy this episode. Drum roll, please.
an easy thing to do my hair a bit first. Uh, I thought you were going to do like, uh, I thought you were going to do like a, a shade. So yeah, Christopher, thank you for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate your time. I'm honored. Um, thank you for having me. Thank you. But look, as always, I'm sure if you've listened to the podcast before, you know we'll always start off by asking, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into photography. Well, um, I've told the story a lot, so I'll give you the very short version. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of options when I moved to a new school my sophomore year of high school. Uh, I had to register for classes and photography was one of the only ones left for my elective courses that was like an option. It was like that or I don't know, like crochet or something. So I chose <laughs> photography because I thought it'd be easy uh, and like I could fool around and not like really commit to it. Uh, turned out it was pretty magic, you know, shooting black and white film. Our professor gave us Tri-X for the first uh, role that we were supposed to shoot. Nice. We went out and shot. We picked our favorite photo from that role and then we printed it in a dark room. And it just like the whole process was magic from start to finish. And then from there, I was pretty much hooked. Um and it was a hobby for me for years and years, um, mostly because I didn't really know what it was to be a working photographer when I was younger. I had no concept of what that was like. I just thought it was like, if you were a professional photographer, you were like another planet. Like it yeah, wasn't yeah, something yeah. attainable, you know? Uh, so, you know, I worked a bunch of jobs. I worked in the coffee industry for about 10 years. Um, and then photography just started becoming more of a thing that I loved doing over anything else and so it's i slowly started trying to make money doing it yeah. and eventually i completely moved to photography and then that was that's the end of it pretty much uh i started my youtube channel in 2017 the photo department um that was mainly bore out of the idea that most of the stuff i was seeing on youtube was very it was like fashionable, but it wasn't substantive. You know, there was like a few yeah. channels like Matt Day's channel um, was really inspiring to me when I first started. Um, he got started a couple of years before I did. Um, and, you know, there's a couple other channels like that. Uh, the Art of Photography as well. Um, and I kind of want to be in that sort of like educational, helpful side of things where it was like, here's this cool thing I've been doing or found out. You can do it too. Let me show you how. Like, or... Uh, have you had trouble with this? Like, I can tell you exactly how this works and you can do it too. Like that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, I've been trying to hone my style over the years. I feel like I've become, I think that the format of the videos have changed a little bit, but like, I haven't really changed. Like I'm still like, I've tried to be like, oh, I should be less snarky or, oh, I should be like, like more excited or whatever, but it's like, no, like I'm just going to be myself and, uh, it's been working out. Okay. I hit 10 K earlier this year, I guess in the middle of the year which was really awesome. Uh, yeah, that was great, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's like your first, like, when it comes to, like, YouTube, like, we're at the point where we're we're, we're on the way to, like, a 1,000 subscribers, right? Well, yeah. we, we, we're nowhere near there yet, but we're seeing kind of that organic growth. Mm -hmm. And I feel like once we hit that 1,000, it will be the, the 10,000 mark, right? Because it's great yeah. receiving all the support. The, the support that you get is great, but then you kind of, in your head, you've got these, like, mini goals that you want to achieve, right? Yeah, it's funny because like I thought like five thousand, I was just like, oh my god, I'm like doing it, like you know that <laughs> that felt really big. Um, but then when I hit ten thousand, it felt big, but it was it was different because in, instead of it being like you're feeling like you're getting recognition for the work you're doing, it just felt like um, it just felt like more of 
people wanting to be involved in the community more than anything. So it was less like an accomplishment for myself and more if I, I felt like an accomplishment for like all the people that like were involved, which is like my subscribers, my viewers, and like people that I've been like having these relationships with and talking to ever since I started the channel, like that, it felt like it was for us, not just me, you know? So it was kind of like, it was cool in a very different way. And then like YouTube sent me an email, like, Hey, you hit 10,000. It was like the first time they noticed me. And I was like, Oh, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for the email, I guess. Um, so yeah, it was, it was cool. <laughs> yeah, that is good. I feel like as well, like, like, we, like we were talking about briefly before we started recording, right? Like you're kind of different avenues of kind of going down and how you want the channel to be. I mean, the advice that myself and Luke have only ever got is just to be ourselves. But we're, mm -hmm. I feel like, Luke, you'll agree with me on this. We're still at a point where we're kind of scared to be in front of the camera. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's like one of those hurdles you have to overcome. It's, it's kind of a thing where there's a formula on YouTube that definitely works. And it's the same thing with like, with like uh, reels or TikToks or anything else that's kind of like a visual media. If you're like over the top, very like, I don't know, positive, to YouTube, like guys. huge. Yeah. <laughs> that always, that always works because it's going to please the most like people. It's going to please like the most like middle of the road. And then the middle of the road thing always works because it's the middle of the road, right? You're not offending anyone. You're not really like bothering anyone, but some people really like it to be yourself is more difficult because you're definitely not going to please a lot of people. Yeah. But yeah. I feel that the people that you do end up reaching in that circumstance become much more important to your journey than say, if I were to like, if I had just hit a hundred thousand, just being like a goofball on YouTube, like it would mean much less than hitting this 10,000 because I feel like being myself, I've been able to actually connect with a lot of people in a yep. way that's like real where instead of like, I meet someone, you know, through my channel, they're like, oh, you're so different in your YouTube videos. Like in reality, it's like, they're like, wow, you're like literally the same person. <laughs> and, but I've had the best relationships, you know, at best like uh, interactions with people just because of that. And like, to go back to the 10 K thing, like it really felt like that growth was real versus like someone seeing like some doing goofy you know tricks to make you know mm -hmm. like clickbaity stuff mm -hmm. um there's a way to get to a lot of subscribers or there's a way to connect with people and they're not necessarily connected yeah right? yeah so my like i said like my whole goal is to help the community and like be part of a community not to be a celebrity so yeah, yeah. i feel like that's probably the difference between like those goals you know like you said you hit five thousand you're like yeah king of the world no one yep. can stop me. And then your next step is like 10,000 where mm -hmm. 5,000, that, that's 5,000 people that are interested in what you're doing, right? But when you get to 10,000, that's 10,000 people that have bought into you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. I, and I feel like even like with ourselves, we, me and Luke have always said, we'll, we'll be ourselves because even if that means slow organic growth, mm -hmm. at least it means the people that are supporting us want to be supporting us right they they bought into us they bought into what we're doing and they support that it's not just a oh that was five ten minutes of entertainment that i've just watched now the pressure's on every time and if yeah. you just yourself then it kind of takes somewhat of that pressure off and fair enough you, you haven't got you know you haven't blown up and i haven't got a million followers tomorrow or anything like that but at least mm -hmm. at least they're supporting what we're doing which which kind of goes back to the community and building on that doesn't it exactly and, yeah, yeah 
totally. And then the thing, another analog to that too, is like with uh, Instagram, I had almost 10 case uh, followers on Instagram last year. And I was super unhappy because a lot, like I, I had a couple of viral photos that like went big or whatever. And I got a bunch of followers from that. And I had been featured on some things and like, it, it was kind of cool at first, but then, you know, after a while, I got really tired of the same, like every, I'd put up a photo and then I'd get like 30 comments of like, these are fire, like fuego, like a bunch of like nothing comments that like mean nothing. And like, I post a picture and it's like a black and white like portrait and they're like this is fire and i'm like it's not supposed to be fire it's supposed to be like <laughs> contemplative and like have layers like i don't want it yeah. and then so i just was like screw this like this is so impersonal and so i nuked that page i deleted it and then now i have i think i have just shy of 2000 followers but every time i post a photo now i get like people who actually care about my work interacting with me and being mm -hmm. like oh i love the colors or what like they'll actually look at the photo for what it is and i yeah. much prefer that i plus 2000 people it's so many people if you think yeah about yeah it. yeah for sure yeah. uh and it's it just the experience is much better and i feel like i can be much more present with the community in that way too so yeah it's it's all about how you present yourself and how you kind of like how you want to be perceived some people just want to be famous and i get that that's totally fine but if you yeah, want to be yeah. part of a community it's a mu it's much more difficult to be part of a community than it is to be like known for something so yeah yeah, yeah. it's quite interesting you say that because we actually recorded a podcast this time last week mm -hmm. with your friend kyle mcdougall hey my good boy so, yeah. kyle. <laughs> and obviously like he, he's in the uk now like that's where mm -hmm. we are um and we reached out to him and same attitude as you right he just he's happy to connect with people he he still very much admits that he wants to learn just as much mm -hmm. as he wants to to not not teach but do you know what i mean he, he he teaches even if he doesn't oh, yeah. buy it's the same as you right um and i i think that's the best attitude to have it's it's not about you know who, who wants five ten twenty million followers that don't do anything you want that mm -hmm. interaction you want people to actually leave feedback good or bad and we said this before oh, yeah that's the important way in any kind of growth right yeah. And with Kyle, it was really interesting. Like I reached out to him like, a year or so ago just to be like, um, hey. like, hey, I love your content. <laughs> like, hi, I'm also a creator. <laughs> like, love your stuff. He, he was always like super gracious and super cool. And I think that he, you know, he came from a more technical space because he's he's a genius. Like he knows uh, so much about technical stuff. Uh, but he also is very, very good at um, presenting it to like as a he's a very good teacher. So um, I think the way that he presents himself, like he's very much just like a very chill, like matter of fact kind of dude and his visuals are beautiful. And like he doesn't try to be like he's not clickbaity. He doesn't do the whole like you won't guess this cheap film that I use to shoot this whatever. <laughs> it's like he's just like hey, I tried to, expo to check the exposure of Portra if you want to watch, like, and it's, it just works for him. And um, I can tell you that he's a very genuine dude who, uh, he's much funnier off of his video. Like, I feel like he's a little more comfortable, like, in private to be, like, funny, but he's, yeah. he's very funny. And he's just, like, again, one of those people that, like, I met along the way that's just, like, man, like, this friendship that we kind of cultivated now is so much more important than, like, 10,000 more followers you know yeah yeah, like, yeah. This is he, he's cooler. he's definitely genuine like and uh, like even to the point like you know I sent him a message a couple of days later or whatever and I was like you know thanks for your time Carl I really appreciate it you know you didn't have to give us your time do you know what I mean mm -hmm. and he was like yeah of course like you know like I'm here now can meet us for a photo walk and I was just like you know a little nervous cry I couldn't believe how happy I was but, <laughs> but like he, he's genuine and that comes yeah. across and I feel like 
even though your two channels are different, like you, you kind of do different things, mm-hmm. the the how genuine it is is always there, and that's what I like about your channel. And and like forget the photography side, right? Just just the, the kind of content that you produce. Mm-hmm. I think how genuine you come across. Maybe maybe the right word is like raw. Do you know what I mean? Like it looks yeah. good, it looks really good, but it's raw. It's back to basics. It's just like yeah. you're you're talking to someone. It doesn't matter if there's one person in the room or ten thousand people on a live stream, whatever it might be. Yeah, it's that rawness that, that, that's good because it's a way of connecting without actually talking to you, right? Yeah, because I, I don't want to. Yeah, and I don't want to. I I made a very conscious effort to try because I know I can be. A kind of a know-it-all sometimes i made a very conscious effort to try not to talk, like talk down to people because i'm not an authority because i'm on youtube because i made myself that way like i just happen to know things that i think will be helpful to other people know that doesn't mean yeah. i'm an expert you know um but uh and I'm, I'm totally okay being wrong as well and i've had people call me out on videos being like well this is actually and then i'll be like okay well let me like go back and whatever like um but i think a lot of people, what they do when they make um, content online is that they tend to kind of be like, I've ha- I've seen videos, another thing where it's just like, they're very like, okay, like you're very sure that you know this, but like, you seem like you're disciplining me almost when you're telling me, and I didn't want to come <laughs> off that way, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Am I right in saying that you're originally from LA or is that where you lived and then you've now moved to Milwaukee? Is that right? Right. So I'm actually from the Bay Area. So I, I grew up and I lived uh, near San Francisco in Oakland for most of my life. Um, and yep. then I, I moved to L.A. Uh, a year uh, in, let's, let's say that was uh, October of 2020. Yeah. Right. I don't know what year it is. Yes. October 20. Yeah. No, wait. <laughs> no, that's a lie. October of 20, 20, 2019. I moved there at some point. However many years ago. Yeah. (laughs) I lived there for, I lived there for a year. So um, yeah, 2020. So then I moved, I lived there for a year and then uh, my girlfriend moved to Milwaukee in February of this year to start nursing school. And I, you know, drove her out here uh, and I was just flying there, flying to Milwaukee every month to visit. Um, And then it just got to the point where it's just like, I don't need to be in Los Angeles for anything. Um, I don't particularly love living in Los Angeles. Um, why don't I just move to Milwaukee and like, we can get a house that's a little bit nicer than your studio. We can like, you know, I can help you out with like our dog Klaus when you're at work or when you're at school. And like, you know, this will be like a nicer arrangement for us. And, and it worked. It's been working out really, really great. It was a good, yeah, good that's idea. Great. Uh, yeah. I do miss California. We both do. Cause we're both from California. Um, but Milwaukee has been really really nice it's pretty it's the people here are really nice um it's just a different change of pace i felt like on one of your again i'm not too sure when this podcast gonna come out but one on your more recent videos i think Mm -hmm. to be fair this was probably a fair few months ago now when you were doing the road trip from la to milwaukee yeah and you stop off on the side of the road and i think you find some like portrait 400 in your camera thinking it might have been portrait 160 or whatever it was yeah 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 i felt when I watched that, I felt your expression, again, going back to the word genuine, but <laughs> I, I've, I've had that moment, right, where you forget what role of film's in your camera because it's been a been a while or you shot something else or you've had something else on your mind, whatever. Yeah. And when you when you found out it was Portrait 400, 
your reaction. And I don't know if you'd like, I don't know how many takes there was, but it seemed like it was a one take. One take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you were like, yes, I'm so happy that there was Porsche 400 because I was compensating, blah, 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 blah. But that yeah. was good. I, I enjoyed that. It felt, again, it was a moment where we've all been in that situation somewhere. And I've been like, yeah, thank God for that. You know, yeah. like, thank God it's not black and white. Thank God it's not you, whatever it might be. It happens to me so much. It's funny because like some cameras, like, uh, like this camera here has like a little window you can see. Most of my cameras don't. And I know that. And I just don't put the little thing in the back or I don't write a little. I usually what I'll do is I'll put a piece of gaff tape and write what's in there and like what, yeah. like what ISO I'm shooting it at. But I just don't sometimes. And I never shoot that. The funny thing, the trick, the funny trick that I will tell people, I never shoot Portrait 400. And not because I don't like it. I just never shoot it because it's very like pedestrian to me. Like it's, yeah. it looks like everything else because everyone shoots it, which is fine. It's a great film stock. I just never shoot it. Um, so I wasn't expecting Portrait 400 <laughs> yeah. because I just never shoot it. I thought maybe 160 because I tend to shoot that more often. I, I like 160 quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, it was just funny to be, it was like a, a moment of like relief and like confused, like expression, like, like, I'm like, oh, I didn't expect this, like, cool. And so I was, yeah, it kind of, I was going to cut it out because I felt like it was a little over the top because I was my genuine reaction, but <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, I'm going to leave it in. Cause I know people can react, can like really like connect to that. Cause I've, I know people have been there before. Oh uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. And that's what I was saying. I imagine you, you know, your car I'm guessing was loaded of your life. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like and yep. you're moving across and you're unsure about anything at that kind of time anyway. Yes. Um, but yeah, the, the, <laughs> the, the question we actually had on Instagram was, I'm not, no, I'm not even, I was going to try and do an accent then, but I'm definitely not. But it says, <laughs> <laughs> LA misses you when are you coming back. But um, I'm guessing, I'm guessing there'll be a time for you, right? Yeah, I will. So the reason I moved there in the first place was because, you know, I lived in the Bay Area, but most of my work was in Los Angeles. And so I was going back to Los Angeles all the time. And then I just thought, why don't I just move here? Because all the work yeah. is here, right? Um and I love visiting LA. Like I have a ton of friends there. Um, it's very fun to visit, but I just didn't particularly love living there. It just is a different pace. Like a lot of people thrive in LA and love that pace. Me, I like a slower, more deliberate kind of thing. And I just felt like when I was there that I wasn't doing enough at all times. I was like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. But in reality, everyone was just doing too much. And yeah, it was yeah. just like, it was just a lot for me to handle. So I like, I will be back there. I'll be visiting. Um, I do a lot of work for a company called Peer Space that's based in LA. So I'll be back out there to like do stuff with them. Um, yeah, nice. Coming in the new year for sure. So yeah, I'll be back. I feel like, um, I mean, I've never been to LA, right? But I feel like the comparison to us would be like London and then surrounding towns and cities here. So yeah. like, I don't know, like Luke, your opinion is different, right? Because you, you've lived in London, you've experienced London and you there's parts of you that miss London, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, I, I miss uh, there being anything interesting to do. On my <laughs> now I live in a little village with nothing around, but you know, there's people out there who would think that was interesting, having like a field outside your house and green spaces and that kind of thing. But you know, I would, I would like in London more to New York than to LA. I've only ever been there once, yeah. but. Um, I like LA a lot, but it's kind of a weird place when you don't know anybody because you yeah. kind of you've got the main everything, and then it's like, well, there's got to be more to it than this. But how do you find out? Like, it's really you have to know people because because yeah, yeah. all the cool stuff in LA is like word of mouth. 
kind of yeah. i feel like I've, i feel like i've never been to london but i feel like it'd be kind of the same sort of thing where it's like if i go to london i could go to the touristy things but i don't know where any of the cool stuff is i've got to know a local who's going to show me the cool stuff because like there's bars that i've driven past in los angeles that i'd never would have stopped at but i've had mm-hmm. friends be like meet me at this bar and i go and it's like the coolest bar i've ever yeah. been to and it's like i never would have known so yeah LA it, goes, it goes back to like it goes back to like the pace of it. I, I was at so I, I couldn't live in London. I, I like visiting London. I like going there. I could spend time there, but I just couldn't live there. The, the pace is too fast for me. But I was yeah. actually in London uh, last night, and yeah, talking of like quirky places that you just have to know someone to find out about. Um, so like every year I go for like I, I meet some friends and we have like Christmas dinner. It's like the top, you know, whenever's best for all of us to get together. And we actually rented out. Well, the person who organised it, my friends, actually rented out like this private bar last night. And we got there and it was a bookshop and it was awesome, right? Like cute little bookshop. <laughs> uh-huh. But, and I was like, well, this isn't a bar. It must be above it or when it was actually like a, a secret gin bar below the bookshop. Whoa. It was awesome. Right. Yeah. And I, I yeah. felt like I was, you know, it was like Narnia. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like through this little bookshop <laughs> in, in, into this cool little gin bar. It was awesome. But there's no way I could google something like that and find it do you know what i mean you, you right. just have to know someone who's been there who's been there who's been there secret gin bar like it's not gonna pop yeah 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 is that a thing but i don't know yeah it was awesome but yeah. again like the pace of london for me is just and i imagine other bigger cities wherever it's just too much for me i like the the more relaxed life but i don't know yeah, I mean, I like I like San Francisco uh, a lot, and I worked in San Francisco most most of the time when I was living in the Bay Area. Um, but I it it would be difficult for me to live there unless I lived like out towards the coast, like Ocean Beach area. I could probably hang living out there. But anywhere towards the middle of the city, anywhere towards like the you know the downtown area, it would just be too hectic and too too busy for me. Um, Milwaukee's not like sleepy; it's definitely busy, but like there's a different pace and it's very tangible. You can feel it. So yeah, I'm, I'm digging it here for now. I think we're going to end up after she's done with nursing school, we're going to move back to the the West coast. I'm not sure exactly where I'm assuming the Bay area, but we haven't really figured that out yet. So we still yeah. got another, another year. So. And you got good coffee where you are now. Yeah, actually um, <laughs> it took me, it took me a, a, a little bit of time to figure it out, uh, figure out what was going on around here, but there's a couple of cool places. There's Stone Creek. Their beans are very, very good. Um, there's um, Collectivo actually is really good as well. Um, and there's other like little small places. There's one place called, um, is it the Daily Bird? Uh, they're like a, they're like a, they were a pop-up, but now they just have a brand new um, brick and mortar that they just opened up and um, oh, okay. they're they're really good um it's kind of like um milwaukee's kind of like a place that has the cool stuff that you just have to look for because it's not thrown in your face like in a bigger city like this there's not the culture here is a little bit like subdued where it's like there's the the engineering and nursing school there's like the um wisconsin college in milwaukee whatever it's called there's like you know the college stuff and then there's like the industrial side and then there's like whatever and then the cool stuff you just kind of got to like find it somehow um, yeah yeah, yeah. it's not like word advertised everywhere yeah word of mouth gotta so, have your connections <laughs> yeah and we you know what's really cool is my my girlfriend moved here and um within the first couple months she joined a like film group chat so she has her own little film group chat with uh her film friends like in it and so she already like made a little community before i even showed up yeah um and then i met all of them and they're all really cool and um you know it's just like 
that has opened up so much for us here because they know everything cool. And so we'll go on like little photo walks with them or we'll go meet up with them for coffee or something. And it's just like, oh, this is cool. I didn't know this existed. And it really does go to show like having some sort of community where you are is like super important to like enjoying the place that you're at, you know? Well, I, I was actually going to talk to you about, about the coffee side of things, but it would probably mm. be Luke doing most of the talking. But okay. <laughs> I, it annoys me, right? Because I don't like coffee. Uh-oh. But but don't hate me yet i love i want to love it right i love the smell of coffee and and i'm i'm 32 right i got to about 16 17 years old and i was like yep it's definitely coming any day now i'm just gonna like it it's gonna happen same with tea right i don't drink tea or coffee like tea oh, interesting. Just no tea. Um, but tea smells bad and tastes bad coffee smells good <laughs> and tastes bad so, oh. so but but we've got some awesome like coffee shops around here and places like that um but my new year's resolution this year which unfortunately i managed to have a mocha successfully that doesn't even count oh. does it? So I mean, like, james hoffman would say that a mocha is just a hot chocolate with some espresso dropped in and i yeah. <laughs> i wouldn't necessarily disagree with him uh though i do love a good if you can make a good mm. mocha i'm all for it because if you have like a good espresso and then you got the chocolate to kind of like round it out and give it some like mm, yeah it's good I feel like I need, because I, I was literally on Amazon about to buy this, like, because I didn't want to commit hundreds of pounds to, like, some crazy coffee machine and then still not like it, right? But I was going to, but the, the attraction of making a coffee with, like, proper beans and, like, enjoying the experience of making it and then having it appeals to me. And I was going to buy one of these little filter, you know, you put in, put the beans and just pour the water on kind of job sort of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. as like, a nice, easy step into it. And mm-hmm. I've tried, I have been trying it, I promise, but I just... There's something about it. I just don't, Look, I don't, I don't like it. Doing Okay. So I, I have to, you know, give you a lot of respect for trying to go out there, not only to try to enjoy coffee, but making it yourself, which I think trying to do both at the same time is really difficult because you're not only are you trying to learn how to properly brew coffee, you're also like trying to develop a palate that actually enjoys coffee. So yeah. you're not going to get there because you're, 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 you're fighting against two different sides. So what you should do is talk to some <laughs> friends that you have in the area who like coffee, find a good coffee shop, right? And then have the barista make you a pour over or something, and then have them tell you what they, uh, what the flavor notes are or what the, you know, whatever, and then try to taste it and see as the coffee cools down, which is an important thing that people don't really talk about because coffee flavors come out at different levels of like heat. So at the very, very hottest, it's not going to have the profile that you're going to want. You're going to smell very good, but the flavors are not going to be developed yet. Once the coffee gets to be around like, I guess, 65 Celsius, 64 Celsius, then you start to get all those flavors coming out. Um, It's more comfortable to drink it because it's not as hot, but it's also going to allow you to really taste everything that's going on. And then just kind of like sit with it and then see what you can taste as it gets cooler. And I promise you, you're going to surprise yourself with like what you can actually taste. Um, Good coffee shouldn't be bitter. There should be some hint of bitterness in coffee because it's intrinsic. Um, And that is definitely something that is uh, going to enhance the flavor somewhat. But if it's bitter over everything, that's bad coffee. So coffee should be smooth. Uh, It can be bright or it can be like warm. It can be uh, acidic, which will give it a nice tart, sweet tartness, or it could be sweeter. Um, it just kind of depends on the kind of coffee. So just get a mate who loves coffee, right? Go try some different coffees. And you know what? If you still don't like it, 
you're just not a coffee guy and that's totally yeah. fine like yeah. not but everyone you know, loves coffee you, you know when you you know when you call your friend or you text your friend and you're like oh we should meet up soon go for coffee mm-hmm. i want to send that text and mean it because at the minute <laughs> i have a smoothie do you know what i mean that's yeah, not the same yeah not well, how, the about, same, how do you how do you like espresso <laughs> drinks do you ever get like a latte or like a like a cappuccino no. or something? Uh, honestly I, I drink cold drinks and i again i don't know if it's just my palate or my ignorance towards it I, I just drink ignorance. I think it's yeah. just valid. I just drink water. I just drink lots of yeah. water or squash or I like I, you know I, can, I like I like a fruit smoothie whatever it might be. I can have a hot chocolate but I rarely have them just because I don't know I, they're not the best for you right? So like, I I just I know I, I just like cold <laughs> it, I I've, I've yeah. always seen it and I don't know if it's because I've like skateboarded for years or something. If I'm thirsty I just want to down I just want to down a drink, do you know what I mean? I'm thirsty, yeah. I'm rehydrated. But well, the thought of sitting there yeah. enjoying it is I haven't got that moment yet. But Luke, you, you like coffee, right? Like, yeah. I don't know, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a weird yeah. one. There's, a, there's an amazing place where we live. Like, uh, the guy who runs it used to work for a company called Monmouth Coffee, who... Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, a, a huge... Com- well, or I don't know how big they are, but they're very well respected and based out of London. But he moved back to Northampton and started this company called Yellow Bourbon, and hmm. I don't quite know why they're called that, but they um, have this tiny, tiny little shop and he roasts the beans upstairs and he has like so many different varieties and he travels to the all around the world to like source where they're coming from. So he gets to know the people who are growing them personally and he ships them in and yeah, roasts them upstairs and it's this incredible place. He's actually building a proper roastery or whatever you would call it so yeah. you can you can turn the upstairs into like a seating area but at the moment it's just like you walk in you can buy beans you can buy a drink and you're kind of that's it, it but mm-hmm. it's the great like it's the greatest coffee i've ever tasted i used oh, wow. to get it from when i left london i'd either have it sent to me from monmouth or this mm. other place in soho called uh old uh, what was it called Algerian coffee houses mm. yeah and oh that remember, sounds familiar it's a really really well known they've been going for like 150 years or something oh yeah that's all way from this one location <laughs> mm-hmm. and I was really like love this one coffee always buy the same one and it was really strong and really like dark and uh I just was like that's what it should be that's coffee just like, <laughs> like and you feel mad after you've drunk it and, <laughs> yeah. then, and then when I went to see Steve and he and would always buy this one blend from him and he was like you know we've got all these other ones and we did some like cupping and I was mm. like oh man like there's these ones with all these like floral notes and right the kind of really really quite light and I was like oh this this is proper like this is really really nice and yeah. now I can't drink coffee that's like too strong or too like really yeah. dark kind of anything like that it's got to be like really light and um yeah. yeah i used to really love diner coffee you know you go into like a like yeah. a sit down restaurant get like some breakfast and you get like a cup of coffee right and it's just like whatever they have in the pot and i still can drink it if i put a bunch of like cream and sugar in it but like oh man like i feel like now that i've moved to like these more fancy coffees that have like you know, and I've been doing this for so long. It's like, it ruined my palate. Like now that's like really bitter, yeah. but like, it's still romantic to just go into a, <laughs> a, like a restaurant, get a mug of like dark coffee and then just like sit there and be like, yeah, this is good. But yeah, uh, yeah. are you guys near Oxford at all? 
Yeah, mm. not too far. It's like. Funny you should say it. We've actually got a video coming out soon. I was actually in Oxford. Did you start by this, Newground? This week. No, 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 no. I was, I, to be fair, I was. Don't, no sympathy needed here, but I actually took my dad to the hospital. We had to have like an eye operation. Oh, okay. And, um, but he's, he's fine. It's just a standard procedure or whatever. Good, but good, I, had, good. I basically had to wait around for the day in Oxford. Um, so I went, I went out and shot a lot of film and um, nice. you know, film, filmed a little bit. And yeah, Oxford's great. Oxford's an awesome place. Well, if you guys have a chance uh, to get back out to Oxford, um, my podcast co-host, Mike, is uh, working for Newground and he sends me beans from there. Yeah, and yeah. they're great. It's they, the, Whoever's roasting for them is fantastic. Um They've had some really great stuff. I've got some Ethiopia and Colombian that I just finished because it was so two different bags. So good. I, I think I finished two bags in two weeks, which is pretty fast. Um, just in case you're just tuning in now, we're talking about coffee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome. This is a coffee chat now. But uh, I would say, um, so my co-host, Mike, it, he loves coffee. He's a coffee nerd like me. Um, if you go in there and be like, hey, we're friends with Chris. He sent us here. Uh, make us some good coffee. He'll hook you guys up. He'll 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 show you the good stuff. He'll make you a really good cup. And if you don't walk out of there enjoying coffee a little bit more, then I'd be very surprised. There's two things. There's coffee, and I love the idea of having a pint of oh what's uh, not Stella. What what is it? Um, what's the really black beer? Guinness. Guinness. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I just don't like it. But every now and then, I'll play golf with some friends, and they'll I mean, all Guinness have a Guinness. Is, Guinness is just a. It's a thing where it's. I mean, I like Guinness for the same reason I like coffee. Like I can taste what's going on in there. It's not the best, like of the stouts. It's not the best stout. Like it's just a good old school, like they've been doing it forever. Right. Uh, but like, it's funny because once you try Guinness and you like it and then you're like, oh, I should try other stouts. There are some crazy ones out. There's like one that I used to get at this place near where I lived in California. It was a, it was a, it was called the, um, alimony stout and it was oatmeal and blueberry blew my mind every time and it was a dark beer was thick it was almost like drinking ice cream but it was so good (laughs) but again i had to like get there gradually i had to like first like guinness and then eventually like look at you know you'll get there there. i'll get there (laughs) new year's resolution again Uh, yeah Say my third, it should be the third year in a row where, where that will be my new year's resolution. So Don't put pressure a, on yourself. <laughs> no, 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 of course. Yeah. I joined a, a band, and right. after the first practice I had with them, we all went to the pub and they all ordered Guinness. And I really? was like, oh, shit, yeah, I just have a Guinness as well. And I was quite young and I was like, oh man, this is the greatest drink ever. It's so nice. And before that, you're like, no, 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 that's, I don't know who drinks Guinness. It doesn't look good. You know, but it's yeah. so good. But now it looks like it's going to be bitter or like something, but like you drink it and you're like, oh, it's like a smoothie. It's mm. really weird. And I was going to say, I you must have been advanced. I see your Telecaster back there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have my Jazzmaster right here. Oh, nice. Nice. I haven't, yeah. I haven't touched in a week because I've been. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've got my. I've got so didn't you used to work for a company or, or start a company that made pedals? Is that right? Wow, you guys did your homework. It did. Sorry, yeah. Did I lose signal then? No, 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 you're right. Yeah, yeah. Am I right in saying that? You're, you used to own or co-own or run or work for a company that made guitar pedals. Is that right? I, I co-founded and co-owned a company that made uh, guitar pedals. Yep, that's right. Yeah, what was the company called? Because I Watson Classic Electronics. So we did, um, our, our first pedal was a Super Fuzz reissue because super, the Super Fuzz from the 70s wasn't around anymore and they were really mm. expensive on the secondhand market. 
And so we were like, we looked at the circuit and we were like, we can do this. We can make it with like modern electronics and make it sound exactly the same. And then we were like, we can make it look the same too. And we went and we designed the case to look exactly like the seventies one. We went to found a, a metal foundry and we were like, we want it bent exactly this way. And they did it exactly to our specifications. We painted it the same way. We did everything the same way. And it went, it just like got really popular. And um, it was really cool. Made a couple other pedals after that, that were really popular as well. But then, um, my co-owner decided to bow out of the business. He moved away and, uh, you know, pursued other things. So that was doing it myself and it was much too much work. And I was getting more into photography and I was, I was living with, um, I had a couple of roommates at the time. I just, it just was like very unwieldy to do myself. And so I, just, yeah, yeah, I, shut, yeah. I shut it down a couple of years after that. And sadly, but you know, it was, it was a time in my life that was very, very fun and very cool. And I got to meet, I got a, a lot of cool musicians, got a, Got to give pedals to Death Cab for Cutie, to Arctic Monkeys, to um, what's his name? There's this there's this band called they're a Genesis cover band, but they're like the Genesis cover band. Okay, uh, okay. I can't remember their name, but they're like the ones. They're like famous themselves. They got some yeah. Jay Mascus from Dinosaur Junior. So yeah, I got to work with a lot of cool musicians. So it was it was fun. But I can tell you a really really boring, interesting fact about Di- Dinosaur Junior. Yeah, he- tell me. He's just bought a second-hand car in Northampton. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he came to Northampton and bought a Volkswagen Golf. Yeah, what recently. Yeah. He bought but, a Golf. So it's to like be fair, yeah, like a Volkswagen Golf. But I think so it's like a regular uh, one. I might be wrong, but we like Northampton is like where, where we're from, the town of Northampton. It, it's got a really good music scene, right? And it always has. It has done for a long time. For, for the most part and uh, like we've had like some big name people come through and i'm pretty sure dinosaur junior used to drink at one of our local pubs here when he was in town do you know what i mean mm-hmm. um you won't know but luke uh, at the race course he's yeah. or the race he, he he i think he's been there a number of times like okay or knows people from the town and um but yeah i happened to see it i, I saw it on social media i was like a photo of dinosaur junior and and the funny fact is the car shop is no more than a 10 minute walk away from my house. Oh, and it's funny. scary to think that I could almost look out my window and he would have been there buying <laughs> this second hand car. You might've been buying it for the day. I don't, I don't know anything. Yeah. He, yeah. That's so strange, especially. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's actually kind of, it's funnier than you think because I've talked to, to Jay Mascus on the phone a couple of times mm. and he's very dry. And so yeah. just kind of like, I don't know. He's got a very funny cadence to his speech. And he's just very, just kind of like, yeah, like he doesn't like, he doesn't like try to make the conversation more lively. He just kind of is there. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of him walking into a car dealership and buying a golf, just like, it's just kind of a funny visual. <laughs> like, I don't know. Oh, why the, the, the photo, the photo that they posted, the guy standing <laughs> next to him, you know, the owner of the car shop is just like, Oh my God. And he's just stood there like, yeah, yeah, just like, like yeah, you know exactly. I mean? like, he just does not care. <laughs> he doesn't but, care. Uh, is that how you found out he was there? You saw uh, it like I, if I'm being honest, the photo could be from two years ago for all I know, right. but I I I've seen the car shop because I bought my car from there. Going back to Death Cab, sorry, Luke, yeah. I might be blowing this way out of the water, but didn't you tour with them once? No, I supported them once, okay, but my but John. Our mutual silent partner. He talks yeah. So so front is me, Luke, and our silent partner, John. Just mm-hmm. but yeah, like Luke and John are very much in, into yeah, music. Yeah. More, more so yeah, his old band toured with them. What what band? 
They were called Medium 21. Okay. Um, they were on, who were they signed to? Um, Fierce Panda, which were like a quite a well-known mm. like indie label in um, mm-hmm. in the UK. And uh, yeah, Medium mm. 21, I think like, with a, I can't remember. This was a long time ago, like 20 years ago, I think. Yeah, back when they had like real tours with like real bands and now they're like stadium monsters now. It's crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But the um, but yeah, that's cool. I was recently bought the Behringer Super Fuzz, like super cheap. Oh yeah, um, reissue, but it's fucking great. It's it's, like... That circuit's super simple and very easy to replicate, and even a bad copy of it sounds cool because it's so mm. gnarly and so like crazy sounding. Like yeah, yeah, it's definitely a fun pedal. I still have a couple on my shelf from oh, the good nice. old days. Um, yeah. I yeah. see them on eBay all the time. We sold them for 200 bucks a pop because they were expensive to make. So we sold them for like, you know, 200 bucks. Mm. But then I see them on eBay all the time for like five or $600. I'm just like, damn, like <laughs> we're selling them for a lot of money. That's kind of interesting. Kind of cool. So going back to yourself and your co-host, Mike from the UK, right? Yeah. So the Spooky Park Bench podcast, how, how did that come around? How long has that been going? Is it something oh, you just decided to do together or? So Mike, I love Mike. He was so persistent. So he was a fan of my YouTube channel and he just like reached out one day on Instagram was like, Hey, love your channel. And I was like, cool. Thanks, man. Like, appreciate that. (laughs) And then he was like, Hey, I've got a podcast called Unlock. uh, And it's kind of part of my um, apparel, like company that I do on the side. Do you want to be on it? And I was like, sure like definitely like let's do it so i went on his podcast had a great time had a great conversation he was fun to talk to and then he just like wouldn't leave me alone after that like he just kept like he would he would dm me all the time we'd like talk all the time and i just and like it's not like he was bothering me but it was very obvious like he was like wanted us to be like pals and i was like you know what yeah yeah he wanted to be bfs (laughs) and i was like this guy's cool like i should definitely like talk to him more and then one day we had just been like chatting about stuff for like however long. And then one day he's just like, okay, I've got an idea. You can totally turn this down. You don't have to do any, You don't have to do this at all. But like, I just had this idea. What if you and I start a podcast? I'll do all the work. I'll record it. I'll edit it. You don't have to do anything. You just show up and we'll talk and that'll be a podcast. What do you think? And I was like, Oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Do I really need a podcast? Like I always thought it was silly that like, because I've had people tell me that I should be on a podcast. And I was like, you know, that notion is kind of funny. Like there are so many podcasts and so many interesting people that do podcasts. Like, do I need a podcast? Like, I don't know. Mm. Um, but he was like, let's just, just another one coming out. Right. He's like, let's just try it. Let's just try it out. And, but the more we talked about the the podcast as a concept, the more excited I got about it because I, I, it became obvious that Mike and I uh, really do kind of think a lot of the same things and we think in the same way and we, our values are very much the same. And so when we were trying to think of names, um, they were like, what should we call it? And we were talking about, I'm not going to say about who, but we were talking about photography and the state of photography in general. And we were just kind of like, yeah, Mike had said something about like, yeah, it's just like all these photographers, like they just take a picture of a spooky park bench and then bam, like it's like a million <laughs> likes and whatever. And it's just like, I was like, oh my God, that's the, that's the, that's the name of the podcast, the spooky, spooky park bench. Cause it's kind of us making fun of the the new topographies like coming about in a big way but like mm. in sort of a way that's just kind of a throwaway fashion thing and so we yes, just kind yes. of like it's just us kind of making fun of like 
yourself and everyone yeah, yeah and yeah, everyone yeah. yeah and so yeah. far no one's been offended by it like fingers <laughs> crossed that someone does but uh yeah and then the more we do it the more fun it becomes just because we find that the people we talk to are always super interesting um we always have some weird topic that we want to like talk about like last time we did nfts um, mm. because we both feel things about NFTs. I, th- I, th- I think i've actually listened to about five minutes of that and i always listen to a podcast when i'm driving to work yeah um, and i think i'm about five minutes into the nft thing but it's still like- it gets it gets good the end of it i get yeah. i go on a pretty funny rant uh so it's worth it for that alone but uh <laughs> yeah it's been good i think we've been doing i think we're on episode 12 or 13 or 14 now um we've been doing it for um i think since the beginning of summer so it was when i moved to was it right before or it's only been it's been maybe about a year maybe a little bit less i might be really wrong but <laughs> it hasn't been all that long yeah. um but it's been it's been doing well. People seem to respond to it pretty well. I have no idea how many people watch it or listen to it because I never look at the numbers. Mm. Um, but somebody's listening to it, so yeah. it's, it's pretty great. Like we we were surprised with our podcast to be honest, because like obviously you know we're we're a new company. It sounds weird saying that, but um, and you know we started the podcast. We've started like making some videos, and we're still very much in the early days. We know there's a lot to learn. There's there's equipment we want and need mm-hmm. um and then obviously front what we're building that that's kind of why we're doing everything to to kind of show what we're building right but yeah. the podcast is really interesting because we post it on youtube and we post it on spotify and soundcloud and where, where else it might be and mm-hmm. i just assume that youtube would probably be the only place that it might get a couple of views right but Spotify just quite well for us, isn't it? Like it's surprising. Do you know what I mean? Or, or SoundCloud, or I think our analytics work, so we can see YouTube analytics and we can see everything else. So like Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever it might be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's so many people that listen to it that I was blown. And like you know, you know, when you get the Spotify Wrapped at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah, we got like, oh, your podcast was in five people's top five of the year and i was like there's a screenshot someone posted and it was like our podcast and then your podcast is like right above ours it was like we we're both in their top five and oh, I was wow. like, oh cool yeah. like that's cool to see <laughs> yeah. and it was there's was one too where it was like analog talk your podcast our podcast kyle <laughs> mcdougall's podcast it was just like wow we're really like taking that person's life over like that's pretty amazing well i feel honored to be in that list somewhere because that is really surprising like i said we we just generally thought we'd we'd put it on there and it'd be a bonus if it got anyone listening um that's how we we felt yeah 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 but do you know what the podcast they're fun to do like i've always said that like i really enjoy them like it's a great way to connect with someone and like find out a little bit more like um and they're good fun they're always like i'm distracted like i'm switched off from everything else that's going on Mm-hmm. it's nice to it's just nice to, to do them yeah. Um, yeah but yeah it's not everyone's niche is it not everyone kind of listens to it which is kind of more rewarding when you see people listening right and it's kind so, of it's I kind mean, of the thing where it's like we we put a lot of effort into it because both mike and i are not the kind of people that just like do things just to do them like we really want them to be at least very good so that even if one person like gets a kick out of it like that one person's getting a, a quality experience right so you know but we didn't think like it would be crazy you know like i have some followers i have like 10k subscribers like that's enough to like get some interest but like we didn't think it'd be like insane but apparently it's doing really well on spotify which is cool um i guess we were like ranked in the top 10 of like uk photography podcasts this year which is 
amazing because there's yeah. got to be other ones that are better than ours that are out there. I, th- I think I think there's nine others. I don't want to pop you. Yeah, but it's like it's 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 been really cool. It's just kind of nice because I feel like on the podcast I can just kind of free flow and just talk about whatever I want because on my YouTube channel it's it's not yeah. scripted, but I got to keep it. I got to keep it kind of like neat, neater. So it's not going, you know, people aren't getting bored. Um, so it, it's, it's a cool format. It's fun. I get to talk to cool people all the time. I get to do stuff like this, which is like really fun for me. Cause it's, it's, it's always fun. It's no fun having a community if you're not interacting with that community and like enjoying the different aspects of it and like learning from each other. So like that just kind of opened up another way to do that. So I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah, definitely, for sure. And uh, I was going to ask you a little bit about, about the photo department, the, the, the kind of future of the channel, if you like. I'm not going to ask you about the kind of how it came around, because we've heard you spoke about it before. And mm-hmm. if you're listening to this and you haven't, just go go check out the videos. Um, but I know you've just done a recent video about kind of like the future of the, the photo department and, yeah. you know, doing, um, what, what's it called? Um, Patreon. Patreon, yeah. So um, I know you're going to be starting that in the in the new year. I'm sure you've already done some work towards that. Um, but is there anything else that you're kind of working towards or ideas on certain certain yeah. like photo projects you've got going? I guess. Well, mainly for me, the the biggest thing about my channel is that um, I felt for a long time that I had to make specific content to keep people interested or to at least like have a chance of monetizing it to a point where because I'm not trying to, I don't want this to be my job, right? I, the photo department is at this point kind of like a part-time job because I do make money from it. Not a ton of money, but like it, it does supplement my income slightly. Um, yeah. But it's also more of a job in the sense that I, I spend a lot of time and energy on it to make sure that it's good and um, to make sure that it kind of lives up to my standards. And like, is actually I'm actually putting stuff out there that's useful and interesting and not just like, putting out a YouTube channel uh, video because I feel like I have to. Um, and then t- to kind of, because I made that video about the future of the channel because I really did feel like at, at a point I was making videos, so I felt like I had to. Um, I had a sponsorship with, in um, not Squarespace, yeah. Skillshare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to say Squarespace, but no, Skillshare. And um, I was really honored that they wanted to sponsor me and I, I really... Um, was excited about it. But the more I started doing it, um, the more I kind of realized like it was putting me in a creative space where I was being reactionary and not proactive. Um, and I think that the quality of my videos, um, dipped in a little, in in some ways. Um, I think that it was lucky that I had a lot of content during that time that I was like excited to make already, but I think that I had to rush some things and I definitely look back at some of those videos and go, you know, I would have done that a lot differently if I had more time. Did you feel um, like it had somewhat become like, I need to produce this video to go out at this time to, to do these figures rather yeah. than I'm making a video for me. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. That, right. that kind of dude, That's right. what happened. It's pretty much exactly what happened because I had deadlines. Like there was, I had to have the video edited and submitted by this time on this day so that they can review it. And then they had two days to review it. Then they get back to me and be like, yes or no. And then after the review, then the video goes up that next day. So like they had it scheduled out. So I had to stick to their schedule. Um, and if I didn't do that, I wouldn't get paid. So it was like, okay, I had to do that. Uh, and then it wasn't that much. It was like 150 bucks per video per month. So it was like not, or no, wait, that's a lie. How much was it? It was 250. It was, it was something like that. It was like a, it was like an amount that was like nice to have, but it wasn't really yes. making up for the work I was doing, but it was still like 
better than nothing, you know, Mm -hmm. but for that amount, it just felt like I was sacrificing quality for a little bit of money and it wasn't worth it. Um, I didn't feel like I was, I felt like I was doing a, a decent disservice to my audience doing that. So then when my contract was up, um, we were going to basically re up the contract for another six months, but I was like, I don't want to do it. Like I'm, I'm good. Cause uh, I'd much rather find different ways to monetize my content if I really want to, uh, yeah. than to have some company breathing down my neck. Who, yeah. It takes the pressure off as well, right? It did take the pressure off. And I felt like there was like so much pressure to like make this content um, kind of friendly to their audience. Um, and I don't know, like it just, it just felt weird. I just didn't like it. And so, you know, I was happy when that ended. And uh, so it made me really think about monetization for my channel and like what that meant. And then it made me look at the Google ad stuff that they have. Cause on YouTube, if you have your monetization on, then they put ads in your channel or in your videos. And then, you know, that's how they make their ad money. I get about a hundred dollars a month via YouTube ads. And I don't like YouTube ads because they pop up in the middle of the channel or in the middle of a video. And then you're, lost the flow right mm-hmm. i edit my videos to at least have a flow that feels like it's like bringing you into the next section like gracefully or like it's like evoking an emotion but then if a stupid ad pops up it just you're, you're taken out of it completely and then you have mm-hmm. to either sit there and watch an ad for something you probably don't want or you have to skip through it or you have to i don't know whatever your your way of dealing with it is but you you came to my channel for a video and now you're dealing with something else that you don't want because mm-hmm. i have monetized it so my idea was I want to get rid of that. So starting the Patreon was kind of like my way of doing it. So basically if someone wants to support my channel a little bit further than just watching it, they can do that. Um, they get some stuff in return, um, from me to, to make it a little bit sweeter. Um, and then that little bit, I mean, I've already surpassed, let's see. So I launched my Patreon last Monday. I've already, um, I already have, how many do I have? I have 29 patrons now. So I've, I'm already making awesome. more, I'm already making more money than I was when I had the ads turned on. So the yeah. videos going forward won't have ads on them, which to me is a more quality experience for my subscribers. Even if they can't afford to, um, support me on Patreon, they're still getting a better experience anyway. And then the people that do, you know, they get that better experience. Plus they get to like be in my discord and talk to me whenever they feel like it they can send me messages on discord they can uh take part in my live streams they can uh get you know expired film because i'm doing expired film giveaways once a month like there's there's more there and then there's a more of an opportunity to cultivate a community which is the whole point of this uh in the first place was to cultivate a community and so now that i have the patreon with a discord channel my discord is like popping off like i'm looking at it right now there's four five six seven eight nine ten there's like 14 people online on my discord just chatting with each other i'm not even in there right now they're just like having a conversation and enjoying it and it's that's 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 what what i wanted yeah yeah yeah. and so like this makes it all worthwhile and like the next week on thursday i'm doing my first live stream i'm gonna make some coffee and sit down and just chat with people and we're gonna have two hours of me and my my patrons just like chatting it up and hanging out and that's that to me is much better than getting paid by some faceless company who doesn't care who and it kind of goes on. back to the the kind of conversation we was having at the start right where you'd rather have 
30 people that are mm -hmm. contacting you like to generally just ask questions or find out about you you find out about them then mm -hmm. someone who would buy a thousand followers that don't do anything that exactly. does nothing it doesn't do anything for you it doesn't do anything for them it doesn't do anything for a community it does mm -hmm. nothing for what you're trying to achieve I mean, just this morning, one of my patrons made a little post about how, you know, I'm going out to shoot today. What are you guys shooting today on Sunday? Is anyone going out and shooting anything? Bunch of people posting photos of the cameras are shooting with the film. People are talking about like, oh, I tried that film, but this happened. And so now there's troubleshooting. Now people are helping each other. Now I'm not even involved really, but there's people like helping each other within the community. And it's just like, yes, like that's what I wanted. And so it, it's- And you're, it's, and you're it's, sitting uh, inside talking to two English guys and one doesn't even like a <laughs> <laughs> couldn't have had a better sunday to be honest <laughs> yeah. uh so yeah so this this is much better and like you know in the end i'm gonna be making more money via the patreon than i would yeah. shoving ads in my subscribers faces anyway which is like god bless i love that um yeah and like and you then, said you can reinvest yeah. that back into youtube and there's like this beautiful cycle of work right and that's exactly what's going to happen because this money you know whatever paid you know however many patrons i'm going to have it's not going to be like i put a goal for 200 if i get 200 patrons then i can like spend most of my time doing youtube stuff and patreon stuff like only but um i suspect that'll take a quite a bit of time to get to that point but you know all the money that i get from the patreon that just goes right back into production because you know i have a job like i work as a photographer um this isn't going to be paying my bills per se this is going to be just helping me make sure that the the, the channel kind of sustains itself um and uh it's it just it just makes everything so much easier and better and the quality is just that much better there's other questions we've got as well there's, there's one on instagram that we got and i don't know if it's someone you know or if it just so happens to be a question but we had mm -hmm. one question that says what is your favorite video game my favorite video game who, I don't. I don't know one? if this is like someone you know, or or if that's just a random question that they. Can it, do you, does it show the account that posted it? Or that's um, I've only took a print screen, and it's not in there. Oh, uh, Geo Demonte, Geo underscore Demonte, Geo Demonte. I don't know if I know them. Maybe I might. I feel bad if I do know you, Geo, and I just forgot your Geo Demonte. If you're listening, hello. You're about to find out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> My favorite video game. Um, I only play one video game right now, and it's embarrassing because it's kind of one of those games that's very like. <laughs> it's not going to be as embarrassing as mine, and involved. I'll show you in a second. Okay, well, there's, there's a there's a game called Rust, right? And it's a survival game. Basically, you get dropped on an island. Um, it's online, so you play with like a ton of other people. You get dropped on an island. You don't have any clothes or anything. You just have like a rock and a torch, and you have to go like farm for like wood and like food and you have to like build a house and you have to like fight people to like stay alive like it's 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 really an interesting game because you get to like build things and like yeah. there's a lot of like like the favorite part for me is like you can like build kind of anything if your imagination can take you there you can make it yeah. and it's like really cool to like build these like houses and like bases and stuff that are like intricate and like you can make traps you can make like something that's like the tallest thing on the whole server you can do all this cool stuff and it's it's really a time suck and sometimes i'll get stuck and i'll be in there for four hours just like screwing around and yeah other than that i'm not really a gamer i used to play some it, first but, person shooters there's, but, yeah. there's a game in I don't, i'm sure it's available where you are as well called daisy and it's very similar i think i've played daisy um, so yeah. you must know do you know stimpy the youtuber 
Um, oh, I, well, I because I, I haven't played Daisy for a couple of years, right? Because okay. it kind of like the service kind of broke or whatever, yeah, or you'd yeah, log yeah. on and you'd be killed or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure I've watched. Did he used to make like cinematic videos playing mm. the game? I think so. He so what he does is he's basically a troll, and he goes he plays Rust, and he that's why I got into Rust because I came across his video games. He plays Rust and he plays Daisy, and what he does is he goes in and he plays, but he tries to make like ridiculous scenarios happen, and they're really funny. And he's very like smart, but very like silly. He's an Australian guy, and uh, I just go look up Stimpy. It's like S T I M P E E on youtube and watch his videos he just actually put a video out today called what the hell happened to daisy and it's just okay. i haven't even watched it yet but it's like i know it's going to be ridiculous but um they're hilarious his editing style is hilarious but that's how i got into rust because he would make these really ridiculous videos about rust and it's like i was just like i gotta get in on that that sounds like really fun and so yeah, yeah i recommend it but daisy yeah that is pretty embarrassing because no one plays daisy anymore yeah but but for me like again it consumes you like you could be there for you could play a game like that for six hours and all you've done is yeah walk down a road you know all I mean? you've done and is then, run across you, the map because yeah. the map is huge it's, so big. it's yeah, massive yeah. and then like yeah. you don't even see one person you see one zombie uh yeah, yeah. i played daisy for a very short amount of time but i just died so much and i never yeah, really yeah. got any progress it was just like why am i playing this game the, so the zombies aren't the problem it's the people that no, the other the people, people that play yeah 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 because they and just there's guys who'll just snipe anybody that comes down a road. Like if you're just going down a road towards another town, yeah. there's like a guy in a bush somewhere and kills you right there and then you're done. And then you can't like save where you were. You have to start over again somewhere else. It's like yeah, it's yeah. so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Luke, I love you're sitting there going, what are these two on about? I, I just play uh, Animal Crossing with my kids. So see, uh, I sh- that's what I should do. Do you want to see what I'm... Huh? Animal Crossing sounds quite similar. Like you build stuff, you make little houses, you where uh, I don't know, you go fishing, and you know that's about. It's it. very I'll similar it. and way less violent. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to see? Do you want to see what I'm currently playing? And I was playing today. Much yeah. shame to admit. Yeah. My Game Boy Color with Pokemon Red. Dude. And this this sticker, I got too? in a Chubba Chubs lolly. <laughs> I'm I'm not joking. Maybe 25 years ago, and I found the Game Boy. And this is how it works at the moment. Yeah, the batteries are no taped in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but my friends actually just bought me a new Game Boy case. But then, oh, wow. then I remembered Matt Day does like Game Boy repairs, doesn't he? Maybe I need to send them. Oh, yeah. Um, you should show them that. Yeah. I've literally <laughs> just started and I, it still had my saved game on from before. And I started playing it again today. And I was like, this is, the, it's weird how much your memory remembers like playing something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pokemon my fans friend, out there. Uh, my friend turned me on like a year ago to this Nintendo 64 emulator for computers. Mm. So I was playing like trying to play GoldenEye on, on here. And I was just like, oh my God, it's like all coming back. Like it was just like <laughs> nostalgia hitting me in the face. It was crazy. But uh, yeah, so to answer the question, I play one game. I don't, I don't play that much at all. Uh, it's embarrassing. I try, I try to play only when my girlfriend's not home. Because I feel like when yeah. she's home and knows I'm playing it, I know she doesn't care and doesn't actually judge me, but I feel like I feel so lame that I don't yeah, want to play yeah. when she's around. I, I was saying I can I can understand you on this, yeah. So I'm sitting in like my office at the moment, but yeah. I used to have like my Xbox set up in there, yeah. And I only ever played I used to play Battlefield. Um, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But I've recently just put my Xbox into the living room where our like main TV is. Um mm-hmm. 
our main TV. Like I've got a TV in every room. I've got one TV. It's in the living. We don't even have it. Um, yeah, but I ca- I now can't play a computer game like if my missus is around and she you know unless she's like sitting on a laptop or something like that. I can only get right. in like half an hour from here from time to time. You know what I mean? I usually play like a skate. Right. Yeah, so I don't know. I feel like I've had to switch off because I would come into the office, I'd sit here for two hours playing a game, and I, and yeah. I felt a bit like maybe I should be in there sitting with her or something. But I don't know. She never. See, that's the fun. thing. I've noticed too. I I want to spend more time with my girlfriend. So when yeah. she is around, I and I turn the game on. I'm just like, what am I doing? I don't want to play. I don't want to hang out with my girl because my girlfriend. I don't know if she's listening. If you can hear me, my girlfriend is is cool as shit. Like she, I love hanging out with her. And we have tons of fun together. So like I, so when she's at work for long hours or like at a clinical or like at school or something, cool, I'll play video games. But if she's around, like I'd much rather hang out with her. So it's like, even if I'm in my office, because my computer's in my office. So like, I don't, anything I do, it's in here. So it's like, yeah, even if I'm working and and she's home, I have to like leave my room every like half hour and see what she's up to. Because I feel like I'm leaving her alone too much. I'm such a weirdo. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I, I completely sympathise in that all together. It's exactly how it works in my That's house. Anyway. <laughs> there are more questions that we've got, but th- th- I mean, there could be some more kind of quick fire ones, I guess. One yeah. of them is just straight up, what's your favourite 35mm film stock at the moment? Uh, my favourite all the time is Superior 400. I love Fuji Superior. Uh, it's cheap. It always works good. I know how to edit it and I know how to scan it. It's just like a great all-around film. There are other films I really love, but that one is like a staple. I always have yeah. Superior on me. Yourself, a bit similar to Luke, you're more technically minded when it comes to photography mm. than, with photography than me, where I'm still very much in the phase of like, give me everything. I'll buy every camera. I'll go to a charity shop or a thrift shop, whatever get me everything I want to find what I like and I, I feel like I'm homing in slightly at the moment of, of what but I that's like. the most fun you know exactly right yeah that is exactly that but with me and Luke are actually talking about um your love for the Fuji X-Pro2 I know you're on the X-Pro3 now the X-T3 oh is it yeah Wait, mine or yours I yeah, have yours. The X- I okay so I had an X-Pro2 for a couple of years yeah. loved it that's still my favorite camera um I hadn't yeah. been using it as much so i sold it a couple months ago which i regret um <laughs> i want to get another one but the prices are still up there which is yeah, kind of yeah, interesting yeah, yeah. um i have an xt3 which i've had for a while um for video but i also use that for for work as well love the xt3 fantastic cam- like such a good camera but like ergonomically the x pro 2 was such a good camera to have on you every day it was yeah, just like yeah. oh especially with the f2 lenses that fuji makes Mm. Yeah, so good, so fast, so oh man, I missed. They just bought out because I've got it, and I traded my f two lens in for the f one point four, like yeah. the original classic, and I love it. It's mm-hmm. so slow, like the autofocus is really slow comparatively. So yeah. they bought out the twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like a pancake lens, and I'm a two point like, eight. So yeah, so it's like forty mil equivalent. Mm-hmm. like that with, with that body that's like the perfect little street camera yeah um, so really yeah it's so nice i looked at upgrading it to the x-pro3 but i'm like i don't i know i just love it if i had the choice between the two right now like if someone was like i'll buy you one of them pick one i would pick the x-pro2 it just it yeah. just works it looks good 
it, it's just a fantastic camera. They like nailed it with that camera. Yeah, it's so nice. Yeah. And like they're going like they've gone back up in price yep. by second hand. <sighs> Which um, is sad because like now I want to buy another one, but it's like I gotta pay eight hundred dollars for a body now. Like I guess I'm gonna have to. On the subjects of cameras, you're actually mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I bought the RB67, the Mamiya RB67. Yeah. Um, so, you know, awesome. like everyone, I wanted to get into medium format and um, I was looking at what cameras to buy and doing some research on YouTube and whatever it might be. And um, yeah, and then you were actually one of the deciding factors for me because f- for me, I was like, oh, should I save up a little bit longer and get an RZ? But, you know, it's it's new to me. Like, you know, the, well, the world of medium format was new to me. I didn't want to mm-hmm. commit that much to that. But what I really liked about the RB, and I still do, it's, like, it's my favourite camera by far, right? Um, yes. I just love that it's all manual. That it's yeah. just that purity. And I know it's a beast. I know it's heavy. But the purity of using it, the reward of getting the results back, for me, no matter what film I put through it, it's rewarding. Do you know what I mean? That, yeah. that little bit sweeter. Yeah. And it just works. The RZ, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know Willem Verbeek put a video out a couple months ago where he was like, I have to send both my RZ cameras out to get fixed because they're both broken because of the electronics. Um, yeah. And that doesn't happen with the RBs. My, um, I've owned mm-hmm. seven none of them have ever had a mechanical issue that couldn't be fixed with a CLA, right? Um, yeah. My current, both my current RBs, um, only one of the backs for whatever reason, sometimes you have to like kind of move it a little bit to get it to like register to like make sure it's like it'll fire. But other than that, they're, they're just like pure machines that just work great. That camera, mm, I love that camera so much. So when it comes to your actual like photography, is there anything that you kind of, do you go through stages like some of us all do, right? Do you feel inspired to, are you one of those people that kind of has to have a camera with them on all, you know, have a camera with them all the time? Or have you kind of learned to be able to put the camera down and focus on projects that you've got going on or, you know, certain photos that you're, you're thinking of and you want to take? Yeah, I have, I, I have a real problem with focus. Um, I, I have projects that I work on and then I have like everything else. And, you know, what happens is either I have a project that I, wor- I want to work on and I just go, I just work on that project like nonstop till I'm done or yeah. I break it up into like pieces because it just isn't practical otherwise. But I always have a camera on me for the most part. Um, yeah. my, my Olympus XA is the camera I bring with me most of the time. Um, I have three of them. One of them belongs to my girlfriend and the other two are mine. They're all three out getting repairs they're getting uh, new light seals a cla one of them has to have a button fixed one of them has to have the rangefinder adjusted so they're all out at repair so i've been carrying other cameras with me but for the most part i have a point and shoot with me all the time just because if i see something that i want to revisit um i can just grab a photo of it and then see it and be like okay what can i do with this and then maybe i can go back to it or you know just i found that like living life you know with my girlfriend here in a new place um you know, new jobs, new people I'm meeting. I just want to document what I'm doing. And I think with film photography, people really kind of lose sight of the fact that like film photography is just photography and we really should be using it to document our our everyday lives because that's what's important. That's what we're going to want to share with our kids. None of our kids and our grandkids don't give a fuck about our pictures of basketball hoops and vintage cars. They just don't. They're not going to. What they want to see is they want to see like, what were you doing in this year? You know, what were, who are you hanging out with? Like, what did you see? Because when it comes to photography, like I like to do things that aren't documentary, but for in the, I think of myself as a documentary photographer because I'm trying to document as much of life as I can, you know, because I want future generations to be like, 
here is a snapshot of the year 2021. Here's what this person was seeing at that time. Here's the car they were driving. Here's the people they were with. Here's the stuff that they liked, the fashion, you know, this all, it'll all be historical record at some point. So mm-hmm. I want, and even if you, and even if you look at that in 20 years time and you go, I don't know what I was into then, but at, it, it, that's mm-hmm. that's part of it, right? That's part exactly. of the story that that image is telling you, right? Right, and people get caught up in like the, the fashion of it. People get caught up in like how fashionable it is to be a film photographer right now. And they kind of like lose sight of the fact that like we really can tell a story every single day with photographs that may seem pedestrian to you. But if we if we look at it like larger picture, like we can all tell stories through our photography if we just like stop trying to take a fire photo and just like document what we see, right? Like pick a film, pick a camera, just go out and just like take photos of what you see. And then in the end, I think that people will look back and be like, I'm so glad that I spent this time documenting my life in this way because now I have this. And I think that's what, that's what photography has always been for me. It's the longevity of it, you know? I think I think a good example of that is going, I know we talked about the same video a couple of times here, but again, on that video that you put out where you're traveling from LA to Milwaukee mm-hmm. and you stop off at the side of the road and you take a photo of the landscape, mm-hmm. that's not to take a pretty landscape photo. Mm-hmm. You even say it in the video, you're like, just look, like it's the best view I've ever seen mm-hmm. or one of them. I'm yeah. going to capture that. And it's a documentary yeah. photo for that reason. Do you know what I mean? Right. And exactly. someone else can appreciate it. But at the same time, no one's going to appreciate it more than it's you. It's for me. It's yeah, for me. yeah, yeah. It's for you. Yeah, yeah. And, and I wanted that's... to share that experience with people. But in the end, it's like, I'm going to look at that photo in 10 years and be like, man, I remember stopping on the side of that road and looking out and being like, whoa, yeah. because I'm going to look back and remember that feeling. But you're not going to look back and remember that feeling because you weren't there. But I will look back and be like, that feeling, I still remember it. And that's yeah, what's yeah. important, you know? And I think that's also the beauty of like, analog photography right like and we're not haters of digital at all you know me and luke nope. both shoot film and digital like people ask us like oh are you just a film channel are you just a digital channel no we're, we're lovers of, of of art as cheesy as that sounds right yeah um but for me personally and, and my own kind of like photography journey what i like about the analog side of things is is that you've only got a couple of chances right you've only got 36 photos that you can take so it makes that it makes that moment so much more special because then you can kind of you know, without getting deep into having a good photograph or one that's blurry or whatever, it's what it means to you, especially when you're documenting. But if you're shooting on analog as well, you've taken the photo, you can't see it. So it's not like you're going to stand around seeing if you've taken a good photo. Right. And I think that the di- like when you've got a digital camera, you take the photo, like documentary lifestyle photo. And if mm-hmm. it doesn't look exactly how you're envisioning it, you'll take 10 more, right? Right. Exactly. But when it comes yeah. to analog, the moment's gone so like mm-hmm. no matter what the result is it will still mean just as much to you when you get that you know scan back or development back or a week later the next day yeah. or whatever yeah. yeah like there's so many photos i've taken and when i've seen the scans i'm like wow like it means yeah. so much more like that i nailed the exposure or i got it in focus than mm. you know you took it and you went okay cool yeah and well if you think about it too you take that and you get the negatives back and like it has some time has passed so you don't get Mm. to look at it right then so then you get to revisit that moment again you're just like oh right i took this picture i'm so glad i got this like look at that looks so good like yeah and you don't really get that with digital i mean digital has its place and i love like i said i love the x2 you know i love the xt3 i love those tools because they allow you to, to really do a lot with photography and really 
it, it's amazing what these cameras can do. But with analog, you know, film just, it really does freeze a moment in time. And then it kind of like has these different, it, it like drips the, uh, it's like a slow drip of nostalgia. As you get to see it, you finally see the, the negatives and you finally see the scans and you finally see a print. And it's like this long trail of, of like, like, like this memory. And it's not just the, it's not just the like click, look at the back of the screen. Cool. I got my picture. It's like a it's whole, the whole process. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and I think when you look back at a photo that you take it, and especially the longer you wait, the longer you, mm -hmm. and I'm not saying necessarily to develop, but I look, I, you know, I look through some of my old photos all the time. And sometimes yeah. I'll see one. I'm like, I remember that photo. And there's a reason why I love it. And I haven't seen it for six months and that's okay. But I don't remember just necessarily what I've taken a photo of. That's, <laughs> that's an awesome feeling to, mm -hmm. to have a look at the photo and say, what did I see in that? Well, I still see that when I see the photo, but you remember the process of being stood there, taking it and why you're yeah. taking it. And I think that's way more powerful than, a lot of things, you know, I mean, outside of photography as well, it, it, you switch off from whatever life stuff you've got going on, do you know what I mean? And you can look yeah. at something and be like, yeah, it's not too bad. That's, where, that's the romanticism of photography, or yeah, at least exactly, film yes. photography for me, yeah. I don't know if there's anyone or anything you want to give a shout out, words of advice, words of wisdom, or... I just want to, well, first you. I want to shout out to my my first week OG Patreon subscribers, the people that first week decided to, like, put their support Commit. forward. Like, honestly, that's, I have never felt this good about my work in my life. Like, that's the coolest thing ever. I'm so glad for all the people that decided to join the Patreon and, and become a part of the community. It's just been so freaking cool. It's only been a week and it's been so cool. So shout out to all you guys. You're amazing. Um, yeah, no, shout out to you guys. Thank you for having me on this like, awesome podcast. I was very honored when you asked me and, uh, I'm really excited for this to come out and I'm excited to come back on. If you guys want to have me again, that'd sure. be fun. Yeah, yeah. Yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like we could do this. I feel like we could do this all night. Uh, yeah. cause we've got a lot, you know, got a lot to talk about, but, uh, Definitely Again, Christopher, it's two o'clock in the morning here, mate. It's nearly morning <laughs> for us. No. Kick me out. Kick me out. <laughs>